going to be looking at two or three things today. Um, what I want to say though, first of all, a couple of these statements here. If the Bible is a book full of fairy stories, then surely it must be complete coincidence that it talks about the times which we live in today with 100% accuracy. If the Bible is just a book of stories, just for the kids, David and Goliath, and the story of Noah, and this guy Jesus coming and proclaiming to be the Son of God, if these are all just stories, well, isn't it amazing just how accurate this Bible, full of these supposed stories, is how accurate it is for the times that we live in today? And I shared that with a young man during the week there. He was quite convinced that the Bible was just a book of stories. And I shared that with him. And he's like, you know... Because he understood a wee bit about the times we're in just now. And it kind of made him think a wee bit. And that's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to have a wee bit of thinking about the times that we're living in today and, and what's actually going on out there. The Bible tells us that Satan is the god of this world. He is in control of what's going on in this world just now. The Bible also tells us that he's a father of lies. Now, surely, if he's the god of this world, and he's the father of lies, is most things that we are told by the world got some kind of lie in it? Now, I want you to think about that this morning. You know, think about these, these things... And, and, and take them on board that the world that we are living in, the things that we are being told by authority or people that should know or experts, there's maybe some lie in there somewhere that we are being fed. And nine times out of ten, we just sit there and shake our head and, and nod in agreeance. We see it all through walks of life. You know, the you can speak just now about the kids that are at school or college or university and the stuff they're being taught there. You know, I've talked this about this before, the whole evolution thing. They preach it just now, they teach it just now as being fact, when in fact, the fact is there's still no evidence to prove anything. But yet they teach it as fact. And it's got to the stage now that because they talk about it so much, they start to believe themselves. You know? So we hear about stuff like that at our colleges, universities, our media. We pick up the newspapers, we, we listen to the radio, we watch the news and the TV and they tell us stuff. What's happening in the world and what's going on. And what I want you to do this morning is, not just this morning but from now on, is to think, are we being told the truth? Are we being told exactly what's going on in the world today? I remember speaking to a, a gentleman a number of years ago, he was a university lecturer. Uh, it was science was his field and we got talking about education and, and how young folks compared to today compared to back and when he was young the gentleman was in his 50s, 60s and he was saying that the things that they're teaching in university just now is what he was getting taught at high school back in the day so there seems to be a dumbing down of society, there seems to be a dumbing down of, of our minds, of, of our children's minds You've got to ask the question of why. Why is that? And I believe that Satan has a plan just now and he just wants us to be completely mindless. He doesn't want us to have to think for ourselves. He doesn't want us to be able to think for ourselves because we're easy to control when we don't think. And, you know, when God created us, 
He gave us a brain, didn't he? Every one of us. No matter how intelligent or how stupid we think we are, God gave us the ability to learn, gave us the ability to think for ourselves. And I want you to start doing that. If you don't do it already, start doing that from today onwards. My heading this morning is open your eyes. Okay, I want you to be able to do that. Open your eyes to what's going on, not just in your life personally, but what's going on out in that world out there. I'm going to tell you a wee story about a lady. I'm not mentioning any names to protect the innocent. But this lady, she was a righteous person. You know, she, she believed in God, but that was as probably far as it went. Brought up in a church background and all that kind of stuff. So she had an understanding of what was right and what was wrong. And she kept her life relatively clean and pure. She was righteous, you know. And this one day, she was driving down. That's a true story. She was driving down the road and somebody cut in front of her. her tried to, to cut in front of him and the boy was facing a young man driving and she was telling me this story and she said you know the young man was going ape, I can see all the words he was saying, it was all expletives and I was shocked really and I said right okay, I said what, what did you do what, what, what happened that, 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 you, that, this, that this boy had, had went so crazy and uh, she says well he just cut out in front of me so I just told him use your eyes, open your eyes I says well what you've just done there, all he has saw is you going. <laughs> and she's like, oh boy, that's not what I meant. I says, well, that's what he saw. So this morning, I want you to open your eyes. Use your eyes this morning. Use your ears. So, if I, if I was to tell you that story, and told that, if I was to tell that lady I told that story this morning, she'd be absolutely mortified. So, the point is that many Christians actually go about with blinkers on. They go about and they, they maybe read their Bible and stuff like that, but they don't really see what's going on round about them, don't really see what's going on in the world where we live in today. There's too many of us just sit back and enjoy the Christian walk. We're in our own wee Christian bubble and we're quite happy we've got our Christian friends and we read our Bibles every day and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that there's not a thing wrong with that at all but I think it's time that we start watching what's happening in the world watching what's going on today because these things are going to start affecting us personally they're going to start affecting our families they're going to start affecting the church we can see that already now, I know there's one or two of you down here that are on the ball with these things and are doing that, which is great. I'm not sure about everybody else. I just feel this is what the Lord wanted us to speak about this morning. You know, we can pick up our newspapers, but the Sunday newspaper this morning. I'm not seeing it, but I could guarantee if we picked it up, there'd be a headline there somewhere about this missing plane that seems to have disappeared. Right? Now, I don't know what's going on with that I don't know what's, what's happening with that at the moment there's too many unanswered questions going on there's too many things that aren't being said there's too many things that don't quite add up but there's certainly something going on and I think it's a bit strange how a couple of weeks ago the whole focus was on the Ukrainian issue and then all of a sudden the whole world seems to be looking at this missing plane situation 
we still hear about the, the war thing going on, but not too much. Everybody's focused on this mission plane. There's 23 countries involved in the search two or three days after they went missing. You've got to ask yourself, why would 23 countries be interested in this one missing plane? Is there something on the plane that's important? Is there, I'm not saying it's a shame if this plane has went missing right enough and these people have died. That's horrific and tragic. But what I'm possibly suggesting this morning is that, see like say, your dynamos or your David Blaine's, these magicians, when they're doing street tricks and they're doing car tricks and that kind of stuff, it's all sleight of hand. So they're doing something with this hand and you're, you're all focusing on the trick he's doing with this hand and you don't know what's happening with this hand down here. Because the trick's all involved here and everybody watching the trick is focusing on this hand. Well, I certainly believe there's things like that that go on in this world just now. There's sleight of hand going on. There's things that the world is focusing on when in actual fact we should be looking over here. The world wants us to look over here. Man wants us to look over here. Satan wants us to look over here, but in actual fact, the real issue is over here. Now, I'm not saying that is the case with this plane. All I'm saying is, we need to be aware. We need to watch what's going on. This war in Ukraine that I just touched on that there, I'm sure that would be in the papers this morning as well. I don't know the politics behind it, and I'm not here to give any political views or anything. I just think it's very... Strange, it can kind of happen out of the blue, and there seems to be our media, BBC, CNN, Sky News, will be telling us that Russia's at fault. When actually, when you look at independent media um, reports, they're giving away something completely different. So, who do we believe? You know, what's, what's actually going on there? Who, who is actually behind everything? We can see America and, and even our country in the West. It seems as if they're trying to start a war here. It seems as if they're trying to, to instigate something. They tried it last year with the whole Syria thing. Everything there went very quiet. The president there was given a deadline to hand in his chemical bombs. That date has gone and went. Who knows if he did, who knows if he didn't. They were all empty threats about what they were going to do if he didn't hand these bombs in. And all of a sudden, we see the West trying to start a war again. And it's as if Satan has, is desperate to get a war going, desperate to start something going on there. And that's part of his plan. But God's timing, it's not happening yet. God is ultimately in control of what's going on today. Another very interesting point as well. I'm going to keep it quite short, because I know time's cracking on. But... This is a prime example of how we are told stuff and not given the full facts and then you don't hear anything about it again. I don't know if you remember back in the, the 11th of March 2011, Japan got hit with that tsunami and it knocked out that uh, Fukushima power plant. At the time it was quite a, a bit of an emergency. There was Two or three of the reactors were shut down and, and there, there could have been major problems caused there. But we heard nothing about it again. Did you know that nothing has changed in that plant today? There is still 400 tonnes of highly polluted water plunging into the Pacific Ocean every single day since the 11th of March 2011. Today, even today. And the guys can't do anything about it. They can't stop this thing from happening. 
But nobody is talking about it. Why is nobody talking about this? On the 7th of March there, at the start of this year, this disaster was given a 7 rating for nuclear disasters. That's the same as what Chernobyl was. Now Chernobyl has affected us more than we know. We sit here and we know that everybody here today knows somebody that's got some kind of cancer somewhere. And I firmly believe that's for the fallout coming from Chernobyl 25, 26 years ago. And we see the effects of that happening now. Now that was major, that was catastrophic, but nobody's talking about this Fukushima thing just now. Why is that? You see, you can read reports and scientific reports, you can read reports given eyesight witnesses and all that kind of stuff of things that are going on over there and things that are happening in the Pacific Ocean just now. It's completely changed. The whole ecosystem in the Pacific Ocean has completely changed, but yet we're still out there harvesting fish and feeding it to our families, feeding it to the folks. The, the radiation levels on the west coast of America are 20% higher than what they really should be. And this is because it's coming over, it's coming through the water, it's coming over in the jet stream. This was three years ago this accident happened. And we're still having problems with it yet. And there's still nowhere closer to resolving it. In fact, the thing could actually escalate if there's another tremor. Look out for it yourselves, guys. Check it out yourself and see. This could be catastrophic for us. We're in the Northern Hemisphere and these things can affect us as well. It will take its time, but it will gradually affect us as well. And these are the things that we need to be looking out for. We look at the business side of things in the world today. Politicians will tell you that we're in a we're starting to get out of the hole that we put ourselves in back in 2008 and that financially we're better off and that we're looking, jobs are out there and that things are looking positive and looking rosy. But yet, the bankers, the, the, the headmen will tell you nothing's changed. They'll tell you what we need is a new money system. They're, that's what they're talking about just now. They're looking for a new money system. They're looking for to change the, the, the way things are happening. They're looking to, to start again, wipe the slate clean and start again. And those that are in the know will all know exactly where that's heading. The big hitters in the financial world are looking for a new system. They're looking for one currency. And that's the way things are going. And do you know what? Our Bibles told us all about this thousands of years ago. But you know, this is just a book full of fairy stories, eh? So we need to watch, we need to look at what's happening in the world today. Don't just take what somebody tells you has been the gospel. Jim's always up here saying Acts 17.11, and that's true. We should check what our Bible says and make sure it matches up with what we're getting taught. But at the same time, we should also be looking at what the authorities of this world are telling us. Is it true what they're saying to us, or is there something else going on? And we need to be diligent. Our world just now is in utter turmoil. And you look around and there is not one person in this world that you could turn around and say, you know, I trust that leader. I could put my hope in him. There's not one at the moment. There isn't one at the moment. There's nobody there that we could say that. But this is what's happening in the world just now that we can see. 
Bless what my Bible is to see what Jesus says is going to happen in the world that we're living in today. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to look at verse 3 through to 14. Now in my Bible, it uh, talks the wee heading above it says signs and of the times and uh, sorry signs of the times and the end of the age. That's the heading I've got. So give us an idea of what we're going to be talking about here. Verse three. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, "Tell us when will these things be, and that, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age?" And Jesus answered and said to them. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and many will deceive. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offered, offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all nations and the end will come. So here we see Jesus telling us just what these times that we're talking about is going to be. And we'll look through these quickly and we'll see that these times are very, very similar to the times we're living in just now. First thing we see Jesus talking about there was false prophets. Now my dad touched on this last week. And he showed that we can see within churches in our land, in our towns, where we live just now, where people are proclaiming that what they are bringing is the word of God. In actual fact, it's not. There's, 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 there's false prophets out there. There's false teaching going on out there just now. The wolves in sheep's clothing is what the, the Bible de- declares it at. So we need to watch. That's what Jesus is saying here. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And many will deceive. The English talk on to talk about wars and rumours of wars now. There's stuff going on in the world all over the place just now. Jason's probably clued up more than any of us about what's going on over in the Middle East at the moment. What they're out there fighting for. Not just the Middle East, there's stuff going on all over the world. Japan and, and China at the moment seem to be at loggerheads, but we don't hear too much about that. So there's stuff going on all the time, and then there's the threat of war as well. And these things are going on all the time, day in, day out. And Jesus told us about these things 2,000 years ago. Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes as well 
just quickly I looked at earthquakes are, are can you keep an eye on various um, independent media websites and you're always hearing about earthquakes here and earthquakes here and I thought you know, I wonder just how many there is roughly annually so I done a wee search and you all know about the Richter scale and how earthquakes are measured from 0 to, to 10 you get that kind of the, the size then tells you the strength of what the earthquake is well there's records out there for every single earthquake that's going on but what I've done is narrowed it down to earthquakes that are 5.0 and above and these are classed as kind of major earthquakes there could be tremors going on underneath that but these are major earthquakes back in 2002 there was 43 of these major earthquakes in various places all over the globe in 2007 there was 55 had happened at 5.0 and above 2010 that had increased to about 67 of these major earthquakes in 2010 2011 there were 73 major earthquakes in the globe last year 2013 there was 93 major earthquakes happened on this planet where people died destruction here we see with these figures there's an increase going on what did Jesus say about these times the more earthquakes these are the beginning of birth pangs that's what he said didn't he so here we see evidence here shows that earthquakes are happening more and more and more I think so far already to the beginning of this month there have been 16 this year so far now that could escalate more than 93 by the end of the year who knows but these are the times we're living in these are the times that are going on and about us just now things that are going on we're privileged at the moment we're sitting here we don't see a lot of the famine we don't see a lot of the pestilence we don't see a lot of the earthquakes we don't get much of the, the persecution we're sitting easy you know we can meet up when we want to meet up whether it be in this hall or whether it be in somebody's house or we can open our Bibles freely there's no real worries other people it costs their lives just to mention the name of Jesus but does that mean that we're always going to be this comfortable I don't think so Jesus tells us that the planet in these times will be in turmoil we can see it's in turmoil just now but Jesus says that verses 8 to 14 let's just read what he says again all these are the beginnings of sorrows they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come so Jesus is saying here there's going to be tribulation there's going to be real tough times for us as believers for us as followers of Jesus so we need to watch what's going on we need to be aware of what's going on out there to keep ourselves right with God's word and with what's going on out there 
But what else did Jesus say about these days? Okay, let's turn to Luke chapter 21. You know, this might all sound a bit doom and gloom this morning, but the reality is, this is the, the days we're living in. And see if we're not prepared for it and we're not ready for it, it's going to catch us out. Luke 21, I'm looking at verses 25 to 28. My heaven here is the coming of the Son of Man. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity and the, the sea and the waves roaring, man's hearts filling them for fear and the expectation of things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And they will be seen, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Amen. Now, these days look quite familiar to the days we're living in just now. Now I'm not here to mark time or say that the rapture will happen now or the rapture will happen then or Christ coming back then. That's not why I'm here today. I'm here today to make you guys aware to open your eyes. Watch what's going on out there. Look at what's happening just now in this world. That passage there says that man's hearts will fail them for fear of what's coming on on this planet. Men will die in fear of what's going to be happening. To me that's quite quite shocking. So we need to be ready, we need to be aware and beware of what is coming and what is happening. One thing that I want us to look at this morning in verse 25, it says then there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth. Now we sang two or three songs this morning, I was noticing. And some of them were all about the sun and the moon and the stars. And how God created all that kind of stuff and you know that's great. But what really amazes me is how accurate God is with creation. You know, sometimes we think he created everything which is great, but everything was created at the right time, at the right moment and set in place to happen just at the right time. Now I'm going to look at something this morning and I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 1. I want you guys to turn there with us to have a look at this. Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. Now Jesus said there in Luke, he said, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Now what did God do at the beginning? Verse 14. It says in verse 14 of Genesis chapter 1, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Now, we're brought up in our society, we're told and we're taught that the moon and the sun is there to bring light and life to the planet, and it shows where spring, summer, autumn and winter comes in. Which is true. Which is accurate. Okay? 
when we look at what the Hebrew meaning behind some of these words are we'll see that God's maybe set up to do that as well but the reason God set up the sun and the moon and the stars is for something a wee bit different okay when we look at the the first word there signs the Hebrew word there I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it the Hebrew word there the meaning is signals or signs right so that's quite straightforward we're looking for signals so God set up the sun the moon and the stars as signals okay second part there, the word seasons now we would understand that as being spring, summer, autumn and winter but when you look at the Hebrew it translates as the feasts Israel followed the feasts that God put in place but God set up these feasts the sun, the moon and the stars as signs and signals for the feasts Okay, now I want you to keep that in mind here just now, alright we're going to move on and we're going to look at something that a, a Jewish scholar noticed a number of years ago the man's name is Mark Blitz I think that's how you pronounce it and he had noticed that when there is what they call these blood moons which is I'll move on to explain what that is just shortly right but he was saying that when these blood moons appear in the sky and they fall on feast days something happens with Israel Okay. so already we see that although God created the sun and the moon the way back in time every time there's a blood moon happens and it falls on a feast day something significant happens with Israel okay. so first of all what is, what is a blood moon? well basically this is going to sound quite simple and straightforward but there's a lot more science to it but basically uh, a partial lunar eclipse is when the Earth's shadow partially covers the moon Okay, a full lunar eclipse is when the whole sh- the Earth's shadow covers the moon completely Okay. now when a partial lunar eclipse happens the the wavelengths that, that shoot through the, the universe and surround our Earth, they, they break up into different colours. Okay? Doing cry chops here. They break up into different colours. And, and what happens was that the greens, through to the violet colour, they scatter out of the way. Whereas the, the red, orange, and yellows, they go into the Earth's shadow. So in effect, what happens then is when, when these, these colours from, from the from the what's the word that we're looking for here? Um, the wavelength, for the light from the wavelength, these colours, red, orange and yellows, when they go through the Earth's shadow, they hit the moon and they create this blood moon effect. Okay? So that's what a blood moon is. Now they're quite common. Right? They, they happen more than we probably think, more than we probably realise. But what this young scholar noticed was that they seem to fall, when they, when, they, when they come in groups of four, right? When they happen in groups of four, it's called a tetrad. Okay? Now, when these things happen in groups of four and they f- seem to fall on feast dates, that something within Israel happens. Okay? Bear with me. I've not been the best at explaining these things, but my encouragement is you guys go and check it out for yourself. Acts 17, 11. All right? 
check it out for yourself. So what this man noticed was that when things happened, when these blood moons happened on specific feast days, something happened in Israel. So where's the evidence for that? Well, apparently this man went to NASA, and he noticed that NASA had all the records for solar eclipses, lunar eclipses, partial lunar eclipses, you name it, it's all there, right? And he started tying in when they fell on feast days. The guy spent ages doing it. And what he noticed was that all throughout history, he researched, and what he noticed was that the first time that he recorded what we saw it happening was in 70 AD. A blood moon fell on the feast day. Now we all know what happened in 70 AD. It was the destruction of the temple. Significant sign for Israel. It then happened this tetrad, these four blood moons, fallen on feast days, didn't happen again until the 1500s, 1448, I think, or something like that. And what we noticed then is, and it happened over two years, and what we noticed then is that Israel, or, or the Jews, were kicked out of Spain and then kicked out of Portugal the following year. So something again significant happened. It didn't then happen again until 1949 and 1950 just after Israel became a nation it then happened again in 1967 and 1968 just after the Sixty War when Israel regained Jerusalem so what is the Lord trying to tell us here what, what, what was set in place if God set the sun and the moon to as signs and to tell us when the feasts are going to be and as, as signals what is God trying to tell us here now the interesting thing and this is part of the reason why I'm talking about this today is that there's another tetrad due there's another four of these blood moons due and the first one is in two weeks time the first one falls on Pentecost this year the second one falls on um, Tabernacles at the end of this year. The third one falls on Pentecost next year, 2015. And the last one falls on Tabernacles 2015 next year. So what is going on? What is happening? What is God trying to say to us? What is going to happen with us? What is, what is going, to, going to happen to them? The fact is, I don't have a clue. Right? I really don't know. But open your eyes. Be aware of what's going on out there. Watch for these things. Now, I'm not saying there's something amazing going to happen at Easter time or Pentecost. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But what I'm saying is there might be something that we're not told about by the BBC or told about by CNN because Satan and man doesn't want us to know what's going on. So keep your eyes open, be aware, watch what's going on just now. I remember years ago an old man saying to me, when you're talking about end times stuff and all that, if you want to know where God is in end times, you look at what Israel's doing. And you know, the more I look at this and the more I see what's going on, the more I know the man's right. If you want to know where God is in prophecy, watch Israel. Look at where they're situated, look at what's happening with them. It's completely amazing, it completely blow you away just how God set all this out 
6,000 years ago when he'd done creation. It was all to fall into place. That's the accuracy of the God that we worship this morning. That's the accuracy of his creation. He didn't just create it and throw it up in the sky and that was there. It's there for a reason and set there for a reason to fall in, to tie in with special things. And that just blows my mind when you see that God had this all set out away at the beginning. But what does that mean for us today? Well, the interesting thing is, right, and again, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. And I'm not setting dates here. But the interesting thing is, there is a solar eclipse smack bang in the middle of these four tetrads. You might be saying, well, what, what's, what's that got to do with anything, Wally? What, what, what does that mean? Let's turn to the book of Joel. There's a wee prophecy in there. Now, it, it just comes after Daniel. Old Testament, you've got... Daniel and another guy <laughs> and then Joel I want us to look at Joel chapter 2 verses 30 and 31 and I will be quite quick and there Joel is saying this is a prophecy and here Joel is saying and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth blood and fire like pillars of smoke the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that Christ's going to return in a year's time. I'm not saying that. Do not take that home with you. But what I'm saying is that there's signs in the sky, there's signs in the sun, there's signs in the moon, and we need to watch what's going on. We need to look at what the Bible's saying, look at what God's saying about it, and observe it and keep ourselves right it's interesting there what we see there's a Joel there talks about the sun will be turned to darkness which is an eclipse you know that's what that is and then he goes on to talk about the, the moon be turned into blood that's these blood moons it's got to be that so our homework and what my homework is and we know that there's these blood moons coming in the next couple of years but is there going to be any more after that? Is there going to be any more? What's going to be happening with Israel? What's going to be happening on this planet in the next couple of years that we can see that God has shown us something? God has shown us signs here. We need to be on the ball. We need to watch what's going on. It's all very well sitting back and and being a cosy wee Christian in a nice wee Christian bubble but what happens if from Jesus as we talked about these days tribulation comes what happens if we are sitting here today and we're not allowed to work, worship in this hall anymore what happens if we're not allowed to go to folks houses and worship anymore what happens if we're not allowed to talk about Jesus in the street with your Christian brother or sister what if we're not allowed to do these things are we prepared and ready for what that could bring? What, what are we going to do as a church if it becomes illegal to be a Christian? Because I tell you, the way things are going just now, it's heading that way. Like you were saying, Robin, about 
how difficult being a, a, a believer and being a, a soldier as well. Now, I'm not too sure about the British Army, but I certainly know about the American Army. You're actually not allowed to pray. You're not allowed to, to witness, be, be a Christian witness in the army anymore. Now, that's in America. That's not some Far Eastern country that's run by dictators. Tongue in cheek. <laughs> right, so what's our country going to be like? in say five years time will we still be in this hall who knows I believe the church will need to go underground the way it was back in the day that's what I think are we ready for that are we ready for the effect it's going to have on our families are we ready for the effect it's going to have on our children friends what I'm saying is this morning I don't mean to bring doom and gloom this morning but it's reality. That's what it is. This is the world we live in. We can no longer enjoy the fact just now we can meet. Enjoy the fact we can open God's word. And we can bump into folk in the street and, and stand up for Jesus. We might not be allowed to do that soon. Are we ready for that? Are we prepared for that? Have we, have we got a, a, a core here? Or a, or a, have, we, have we got a contact here with each other? That we can encourage each other, that we, that we, can, we can move on. But we've seen this morning already that there is power in prayer. There is no doubt about that. And you know what? We've got nothing to fear. God told us that. We may be going through tribulation, we may be going through trouble. And I'll be honest with you, I am petrified of the fact of my two young boys. What's going to happen? Oh, that worries me. Sick. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But I know. But do you know what? God's going to see me through. I might need to die for the sake of Jesus. I might need to. As many other guys have, I might be one of them. But do you know what? We need to trust that God is going to look after who's left, going to look after the folks that are here, look after each other, supply our needs. So let's encourage each other. Let's strengthen each other this morning and the days to come. Let's keep our eyes open. Let's look at what the newspapers are telling us. Look for the, the truth and look for the lies. I prayed to the Lord a couple of years ago. I said, Lord, you know, just when I see something, Lord, can you just open my eyes to the truth and the lies I'm being told? And I, that's, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to know to separate the lies for the truth for the stuff I was being told. And see, since then, see the amount of stuff that I hear, I know straight away. No, there's something right about that. That's no falling into line with what's been told, or that's no falling into line with. The evidence it's showing. There's too many people out there. The, the old Churchill dog, the ugly he die. Aye, that's right, aye. And they just go along with it. They just go along with it. And then they're caught out. They're trapped. So listen, this morning, let's end on a wee high. Alright, let's encourage each other. Let's strengthen each other this morning. These are hard times, but exciting times, eh? They have seen a miracle performed during the week, yeah? We don't see Buddha performing much miracles, do we? The God we worship, the God that we follow, is alive. Amen? Let's end in a word of prayer. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, that we have you in our lives, Lord God, that we worship the true and living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And we thank you, Lord God, that the love that you have for us, Lord, is so vast. 
And the grace that you have shown us, Lord God, is immense, Lord, that no matter what we have done or what we have said, Lord, that you stand there waiting for us with open arms. We thank you, Lord God, that we have believers here, that we have true friends and true believers in this fellowship, Lord, that look after each other, that watch out for each other, Lord. We are the church. We are God's people. And we thank you, Lord, that we can meet here. We thank you, Lord, that in a moment we can freely worship you, that we can lift your name high. Lord, and we we just give you glory for that. I ask just now, Lord God, that as a fellowship you help us to move on with our walk with you, draw closer to you, help us to understand who you are, help us to know your will in our lives individually and also as a church. But Lord, open our eyes to the lies and the deceit and the deception that is going on out there. Lord, if ever there was a time to for these things to, to be made clear to us, Lord God, it is today. So Lord, bless us, strengthen us, Lord God, we ask. Father, every one of us has gone through troubles. Every one of us has gone through problems and hardships, Lord. But we lay them at your feet. And we ask, Lord, that you come in. You resolve these matters, Lord. That you strengthen us. We need you in our lives, Lord. We don't put our trust in finances. We don't put our trust in ways of the world. We put our trust in you, Lord. You're the rock. You're the foundation. Lord God, you set everything out at the dawn of creation. For everything to fall into place in the exact time that it should, Lord. And Father, as we, as we have seen this morning, there is many men that will try and do stuff, Lord God, and make stuff happen before the time is right. But Lord God, you are ultimately in control. We're grateful, Lord, that we work to your clock. We work to your timeline, Father, because your time is perfect. So we praise your name this morning, Lord. We thank you indeed, Lord, for the blessings you have shown us this past week, Lord. Father, we, we lift your name high, Lord, because you are the restorer. You bring salvation. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.